And sorry for. I hope the vulgarity will, will be okay. Maybe you can bleep. You can this, bleep me out when the, you edit it. The name of the podcast is Fun, Sexy Bible Time. So oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> James Dobson's not listening. Oh, phew, hallelujah. <laughs>
this is, this is the dream scenario is we both show up at the reunion with frosted tips wearing old spice cologne oh, and geez. dressed head to toe in denim well you can go with old spice but i gotta go with cool waters <laughs> <laughs> or hill figure i think that was the rage back then uh, not for me not for me it was no, the, no. Uh, the two dollar and 88 cents bottle of old spice that i got from walmart man Probably the same price today. <laughs> I was convinced that that was that was the key to make the uh, the girls at at Christian High School fall in love maybe, with me. Maybe a Christian high school. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that just for a second before you know. Let's completely interrupt the flow here. We we're teammates at you know, we were teammates in high school, and the name of the high school literally was Christian High School. Yes. Has anyone ever explained to you like why they named it that? Well, I mean, it, no, I don't. No one's ever explained it to me, but I mean, you can <laughs> kind of, through deductive reasoning, figure out that they may have been lacking creativity, but they decided <laughs> let's call it what it is. And I think I, you know, that's I don't know. That's a good question because the elementary school started out as Living Word, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they didn't say let's let's have Living Word High School. They said let's just. <laughs> It's a Christian high school. That's a great name, Christian high school. So. It was either the laziest naming yeah. job ever or like the most grandiose naming job ever. I don't know, but it was really difficult explaining to people, and it's even today, explaining to people where I went to high school. Because I have to say, it's it's like Christian high school of St. Charles, Missouri, or something. I don't even know. But And then I explain where it is, and if they're from the area, they know where it is. But. Because they always ask, which one? Yeah, exactly. Which which Christian high school? The one, the one, the Christian. It's like they named it with the expectation that all nearby Christian high schools would just shutter immediately. They would, or shut down. That's maybe that's what it was. (laughs) If we have such a dominant name, then there can be no others. Hey, we had Ron Savory though. Oh, Ronald Savory, Mister Candy Corn. Mister Candy Corn. Yeah, he. That's what happened. He went kettle corn. He went to. He quit. (laughs) Being a principal, a doctor in education, and decided to make kettle corn for a living. Do you know? I that, mean, more power to him. Hey, listen, I got I got no shade for for Doctor Savory. Yeah. Do you know that? Like, I I tracked him down on Facebook like a year ago, and like sent him a friend request, and a, periodically I check in on it, and he's just never responded to it. That's funny. That's funny. You went into the black hole. <laughs> I have some friend requests that I've never touched. They're years old. <laughs> Um, all right, so we've got a lot of homeschoolers that listen to this podcast. Um, a lot of people from our tribe, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I thought to start things off, we could kind of go back and just revisit the madness and the beauty mm-hmm. that was homeschooling in the nineties. Man, you sure you, okay. <laughs> you said beauty? I don't know. I've I've got three what would Jesus do bracelets on each arm to protect me as we go back and and. Uh, re-experience this because that struggle was that struggle was real my friend it it was very much so and i mean i from explaining it to your friends on the street from (laughs) explaining it to people in the church uh it's just there's a really bad connotation and i think it's i think it may be even worse today Mm -hmm. than it was back then you know because when you say when you say homeschool i was homeschooled well there's two options one is you were that was the that was the alternative to prison. 
right? <laughs> That's the truth of it. You were such a bad kid, no school would take you. <laughs> and we both know some people like that. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and the other one was, my parents are so damn lazy. That I'm going to watch, you know, okay, maybe there's three options, because that's the second option. I don't really go to school because my parents don't really care about me. That was number two. And by the way, number two would have been great. Yeah, it would have been, but that was, I mean, we, we, I think we, we fit into a, a blend of some of these, because number three was, you know, we want to go back to the times of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And if a skirt does not brush the ground, it is not long enough. <laughs> right? Yeah, number three was homeschooling is just one more step on the ladder to us eventually having a compound out in the woods. Oh, seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a prerequisite to salvation. And, you know, a lot like my parents, and I'm guessing your parents too, like, like they were maybe on that track at one point. Oh yeah. But like eventually like age and life just has a way of wearing you down. And then like, they just sort of mellow out. Yeah. They they never make it to the compound. Yeah, that's true. My parents decision to homeschool, it actually started with my, my older sisters and they just didn't want them to be a product of the public schools because that's when they, they were about the age where you start learning sex ed stuff and mm-hmm. how to put a condom on a cucumber <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And it, my parents didn't want that to come from public education. They wanted to be able to teach their kids in a, in a godly way, which I have no problem with whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was in first grade. <laughs> and the fear of, oh, my God, my sisters get to stay home and have so much fun and I have to go to school. So I was just kind of like an afterthought. They didn't start homeschooling for me. I forced them to homeschool me. <laughs> You're laughing. It's true. I don't <laughs> I doubt it. it. I just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm probably just going to laugh like all the way through this no, podcast. Okay. No, so that's that's what it was, you know. But you tell that to the, your neighbor friends, and they don't think you go to school, and you know, it's it's just a it's an interesting thing. I think when you really grasped homeschooling, especially back in the '90s, was when you went to the homeschool gatherings. Oh yes, because they had meetings. Yes. Oh man. That you know, was something else. Now, let's set the table here. You know why they had meetings? Why they had meetings is because Clinton was coming for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he was. <clears throat> he absolutely was. And and along those lines is, you know, and they had you had to make sure that you documented all the schoolwork, <laughs> the curriculum in in a three-ring binder. I don't know if your parents did this, my parents did this. Oh yeah. They documented everything that we ever did. So if the state quotation marks there, the, the state, state ever came and wanted to audit that they wouldn't take their children away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you had Clinton, you had the state, and then you had the ambiguously labeled, in quotes, the school board. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, the school board had agents. They did. That, that were, <laughs> that were assigned agents. to bring homeschoolers down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had something. I don't know if they were missing on tax dollars or what. And so, in this world of homemade sex ed and hiding from Bill Clinton, both of our parents... <laughs> Boy, that sounded dirty. Homemade <laughs> sex ed. Let me be real clear about this. My parents never taught that. <laughs> uh, mine did. We had a, we had a, no, we had a notepad that they, they, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> they drew sketches on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. So, in this world, our parents, independent of each other, our parents didn't know each other. No. They put us in, put me and you in a class called Understanding the Times. Yeah. 
which apparently a lot of people are really familiar with this, but nobody ever talks about it. Because I remember one time I posted that on Facebook, and people just came out of the woodwork of like, oh, <laughs> understanding the times. That's crazy. Because it was, I remember us going through it, and no one, I mean, no one knew what the heck I was talking about. And it was taught by an Australian man, which just yeah. made everything even weirder. And it was about 15 homeschool teenagers that went to this class. Yep. And no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to insult the teacher, but he was a real wormy little guy. <laughs> he really was. I mean, a really peculiar looking guy. Yeah. And I'll never forget. He drove uh, like a mustard yellow Mercedes Benz out of like the seventies. <laughs> it was a diesel. I remember that. That's the only thing I remember about him. That and the fact that he was just a little wormy little guy. I remember like uh, bits and pieces of the understanding of the times class. Like I remember at one point, he was he had a little bit of like the Alex Jones like conspiracy stuff in him. Yeah. And at one point he told us that he really believed this was like in 96, 97. Um, he really believed that this would be the last generation that public school kids could read. <laughs> I think he was right. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, painting oh, I, like hope this. None of your, I hope none of your listeners have kids in school right now. <laughs> he, he painted this like apocalyptic picture yeah. of like, you know, in, in 20 years, like in 2016, the only people who could read would be homeschoolers. Like, literally, the homeschoolers would be the kings of America because they would be the only people who could read. Yeah. I don't... I do I do think that... Um, I don't think he was onto something from that, st- that standpoint, <laughs> clearly. I think, that, I think that there's some pretty smart public school kids as well. Um... <laughs> No, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. I don't want to. I don't want to d- discredit or degrade anybody, you know, and make them feel make them feel uh, you know less of a human. So you were. I was. I was sort of. I don't know if I was instructed to leave you alone, but I definitely was not encouraged to go talk to you because you sat in the back with like some of the like the rough looking homeschoolers. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> I remember sitting in the back, and it's just because I, I, I never felt like I was I, like. Your prototypical homeschool kid. Well, you only you had know? a couple of siblings. You know that wasn't your fault. Yeah, that, well, that's true. And I, all my friends were, you know, normal people. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, they grew up on the street. So I, I had friends that were, you know, drinking and smoking. Well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of kids. They were at least that, listening to secular music. No, for sure. And I, you know, admittedly so. I, I, I don't think I did actually. I think my biggest. Uh, my my the music I liked the most back then was like MXPX. You remember them? <laughs> <laughs> they will never die. They, oh, will, yeah. they will be cool forever. MXPX. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> we meet there, and come to find out, we only live like a couple of blocks away from each other. Yeah. Of course, you know, as homeschoolers, we weren't allowed. I wasn't allowed to go out during school hours anyway because the school board was out looking for homeschoolers. Exactly. So you couldn't you. you couldn't go out until after like three o'clock in the afternoon. Then it was safe because people would see you and they think, oh, this is a public school kid. Yeah. So you came and you walked up my driveway uh, while I was shooting hoops. Of course, I use that term loosely because I really was not very good at basketball. And uh, you asked me to join the Show Me State games. Mm-hmm. Your dad was making like a homeschool, uh, or not, not a homeschool, your dad was making like a team of uh, freshmen to go play at this state games. Yep. And you asked me if I was a freshman, and I lied through my teeth and said I was, when in fact I didn't know because I literally did not know what freshman <laughs> meant. 
That's that is funny. That is funny. I remember that vividly. You said you're a freshman, right? And I said, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Making a mental note to look up what it meant to be a freshman because I had no idea. That's funny. And so I joined your dad's uh, freshman basketball team, and despite being a year older than everybody else, um, we went to the Show Me State games and got blown out in both of our games, Uh and it was horrible. And I I don't know if I even touched the ball once. Um, It was just a – we just got killed. And so I thought, this guy's never going to show up again. But then you did because you made it out of the homeschool scene about a year before I did. Um, so I want you to talk about how did that happen? Like, how did you get out? So, uh, mine was sports were always big in my family, at least for my father, because he was, you know, he did high school and college sports and whatever, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just kind of realized that they had some homeschool basketball leagues, but competitively they were not uh, any good, you know, relative to any competition out there. They had, I remember going to San Antonio, they had like a homeschool basketball tournament uh, in San Antonio. Yeah. What, what was the cheerleader situation for that? Oh, there were no cheerleaders there. Mom and dad, moms. There was a mom section. <laughs> that was the extent of the cheerleading. Denim um, skirts, baby. Yeah, exactly. No, but I had, I, I had played in that and, and uh, I had been doing summer track and field and it was really just a way to play organized sports. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, had talked to the school, and because they were not part of the public school system, you know, they could kind of set their own rules as to what the requirements would be to play so on their team. You were the original Tebow. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. I mean, I don't want to put myself on that level. <laughs> but I definitely, thats that was the rationale for going to school there. And uh, everything else just snowballed. Mm-hmm. And then you showed up again on my driveway. Yes. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. <laughs> and I don't remember what this conversation was like, but it, it essentially went something like, do you want to come and play for this Christian school? There are girls there. Yeah, it was something. I, well, I had to sweeten the pot somehow because I knew <laughs> after the Show Me State games, you probably the last thing you wanted to do is play basketball in front of people. <laughs> but that was it. And the funny thing is, that there was no when when I asked you that there was they they just needed to fill they need warm bodies to make mm-hmm. a team, and they were like oh you don't even have to go to school here, so one of my other friends Scott I don't know if you remember Scott yeah mm-hmm. he he played for a few games as well <laughs> and his dad was actually on the school board so go figure that <laughs> right that so must have been this was like in the wild wild west of of christian schools this this school had just started up chs had just started and uh they had just added the high school so they were like kind of making this up as they went along Mm -hmm. and um so there were like i don't know maybe like three or four maybe five like boys in the high school who could play basketball yeah but they wanted to have a team so they could attract more more families so it was it was kind of like this once in a once in a blue moon thing where they were just letting anybody play basketball for them. Yeah, and that only lasted the one year. Yeah. Um, and then and then it was kind of like, you know, you had you'd seen a girl for the first time, <laughs> and uh, other than your family, and uh, you know you'd you'd played basketball and kind of got to feel like what it was like for people to cheer in the stands, not necessarily for you, but cheer in the stands. 
And then, and then I couldn't believe it when you actually took classes there. Hey, listen, <clears throat> I was saving money for a car because I was yeah. working. I was working at Deerberg's. I remember that. Bag and groceries, six fifteen an hour, I think. And uh, I was putting money away to buy a car. And uh, my parents said, "Listen, you know, you're you're welcome to go back to Christian High School, but we can't pay the tuition. Yeah. If you're going to go back, you got to pay it yourself." And so I, I knew like in my head that like I could, should probably just go ahead and buy that car and just homeschool my way through out of high school. But uh, you know, I mean, there were girls there. Yep. So I I paid the tuition and went back part time. Yeah, which was awesome because it was. I mean, it was. <laughs> I I don't, I don't know it. it it was a, it was a, it was a good opportunity. I think. I mean, everybody has their, you know, great stories from high school. But it was good, you know, to kind of, I don't want to call it. I don't want to sound derogatory towards homeschoolers, but it definitely gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, this is this is the rule. Like, I was homeschooled for about thirty four years, and I'm currently homeschooling my kids. So I yeah. sort of feel like if anybody's allowed to make homeschool jokes, yeah, I feel like I'm allowed to make homeschool jokes. Okay, I think that's fair. So let's let's just roll with that. Okay. So I mean, you you got to experience a little bit of a less sheltered life as I did, <laughs> as I did. So this is my first. I think this is my first basketball game playing for CHS. Um, I had no idea what I was doing on the court. Like I think I had to do the jump ball because I was the tallest guy, <laughs> and like I. After we did the jump ball, like I froze right there in the center circle because I wasn't sure which way to run. Like I had to wait for you and the other guys to start running to understand which way to run. And uh, I think I scored maybe like four points that game. And I remember this very clearly, like coming off the court. Um, your wife at the time was a cheerleader. And she, of course, I knew nobody. And she went right past me and looked back and said, hey, good game, Matthew, and kept on going. And at that point, I decided, these people are friendly. Yes, people <laughs> generally can be friendly. This is awesome. I know. Can you imagine? And you, I mean, wow. You blossomed from that moment. Yeah, like I went from Bible quiz to cheerleaders who knew my yeah. name. BMOC. <laughs> Seriously, man. That's awesome. And you never looked back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't have to, I mean, we can, we don't have to say, we don't have to pretend that, like, we weren't, we didn't have some problems on the court. Because we definitely had some problems on the court. Sure. It's just like any team and just like any athlete, you know. We you, all... you, you had, you had your share of problems. <laughs> you know. My, my problems are that I, I just, I lack talent in every facet of the game. <laughs> you said, you know, when you were talking about the the ball, the tip ball, the jump ball, and you're like, I didn't know which way to go. That sounds like me when I first started playing uh, basketball in like in like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> but you caught on quick because it took me a good year to figure out what the heck was going on out there. Um. Yeah, my rule is just like as soon as I get a rebound, just look for Mike. Look for those <laughs> look for those frosted tips bobbing right, somewhere man. in the sea of bodies and just throw it towards <laughs> the frosted tips. <laughs> uh, I don't think I dribbled. 
in my entire career at CHS, I don't know that I dribbled once. No, you didn't. It, not until later on when you actually slammed that ball. And I, I'll never forget that. You got a technical foul in your first dunk. And it really was a bad call. You didn't deserve a technical foul. But the only thing I remember was my dad, who was coaching, say, I don't care. Hell, I would have done chin-ups on the rim. <laughs> I remember him saying that, and I was like, all right, all right, that's that's good. <laughs> all right, let's talk about that game just briefly, because that, that was a pretty cool story. Like, We had two coaches on our basketball team, mm-hmm. which was, was so weird. So weird. We had Coach Grimes, yeah. but then there were certain games that he just wouldn't be there because he had other commitments. And then your dad would just like randomly coach games, like he'd be the only one there. Yeah. And uh, your dad was terrifying back then. <laughs> What do you mean back then? <laughs> uh, your dad was terrible. Like, everybody on the team just thought, like, he's going to kill us one day. Like, he's just going to pull out a gun and kill us at halftime one day. <laughs> so we were, like, 0 and 10 or something. Like, we had had, a, like, a really bad stretch. And, uh, like, we come into this game against this team that's probably just going to kill us and make us 0 and 11. And he benches the entire team. Yeah, I remember that before the uh before tip off and then he had some kind of weird like psychological ploy of like you don't get to play today unless you come up to me and tell me how dedicated you are yeah i remember that (laughs) (laughs) so anyway like we we end up winning the game but like i i had that dunk at the end and uh (laughs) not only i don't know if you remember this not only did they give me a technical but as soon as I dunked it and they gave me a technical, your dad comes, like, running onto the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? At yeah. The, at the official. And they give him a technical. <laughs> too. <laughs> and I think, like, when it was all said and done, the other team got to shoot, like, like 20 free throws from all the Something. fouls <laughs> once, they, once they tallied him up. Here's the thing, and it's the funny thing about, about my dad. My dad is so, when it comes to sports, he's so intense. Mm-hmm. Is unbelievable, and that's that's the way I was raised. You know, sports were important, but more importantly than sports, it was that you didn't make an ass of yourself. <laughs> you know, because when you made an ass of yourself, you made an ass of your family. Uh-huh. And sorry for. I hope the vulgarity will will be okay. Maybe you can bleep you can this, bleep me out when the, you edit the this. The name of the podcast is Fun Sexy Bible Time. Oh yeah, not, I forgot. <laughs> James Dobson's not listening. Oh phew, hallelujah. <laughs> No, but he, uh, that's the funny thing about him is it, you could make a mistake, but if you were giving your 100%, he would, I mean, he would stand up for you and take a bullet for you. And that, I mean, that just goes to show you that when you dunk that ball and they called a technical on you, I mean, he was like, oh, I'm not going to have this, you know, and you, he, there was a better chance he'd pull out a gun and shoot the referee than, than Matthew Pierce. But, but I, that definitely, that is definitely Louis Chavez. Oh, that was a, that was a great time. It was. It was a lot of fun, and that was a good year. And I remember, I mean, we hadn't won a single game, and then we just turned it on, man. After yeah. that win, we I don't I think I don't think we lost again until the championship, the conference championship, where we played Christian Outreach. Uh, the game that I actually blew it at the end because I missed a dunk. Well, here's the deal. You <laughs> did, I don't think you blew it. And I, and I to this day, the referees were calling that so one-sided. I know everybody says that when they lose. Mm-hmm. But it was so bad. I mean, they they had they called it so one-sided that, you know, who knows if there was good refereeing, but I do know that we did blow like a 5 or 6 point lead. 
you know, there at the end. Yeah, but, we, had, you know, we had led them like the entire game. And, yeah. Um, they were coming back. I don't know if they had taken the lead yet, but I remember it was late in the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. uh, I had uh, – you pass it to me or somebody passed it to me like at the free throw line and like the guy that was guarding me went for the steal and missed it. Yeah. And so like I had like a path to the goal and tried to dunk it and the ball came out and then I got a uh, technical for hanging on the rim. And uh, I don't remember, like, how that worked because I remember I got ejected, like, right after that happened. So I don't know if, like, if they were counting that as a personal foul or what or if I had, like, four fouls already or I don't know how they did that back then. But I don't know. That just That's a testament to the poor refereeing. <laughs> Not that we both remember it or anything. Yeah. That's funny, though. But I remember they had two players on their team that were going to go play college ball. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. And that was like kind of a big deal. We're like, well, we we can beat them. Mm-hmm. We we can beat them. We can hold our own with people that are going to college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a good time, man. I had a lot of fun. It was good memories back then. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> so when we um, when we wrap this podcast up, I can neither confirm nor deny that on my PlayStation basketball games, I recreate my college and high school teams. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there that I. Where where would you set your attribute rate for CHS? If for, if there for was the such team a team or me? Yes, for the, for you. Ninety nines <laughs> all the way, and that's only because they don't go to a hundred. No, I think uh, yeah, my blocking skill might be ninety eight, and um, but other than that, I mean it's just tough because I used to do the same thing, and I used to be ninety nines. In fact, I think every player on the team was ninety nine. <laughs> no, I think my attribute rate, if you're, I mean, if you're looking, and, and, you know, all things being equal, if if you're trying to stack me up against the pros and call them high schoolers, I think, I think like an 80 rating overall <laughs> is fair. Well, I've got my own ball handling skill set at 99. Okay, re- well, there you go. To reflect my, my prowess from CHS. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so bring this back to Homeschool Sex Machine. Um, you know, at the end of Homeschool Sex Machine, the the, the final, the, the climax to the whole book is the, uh, well, we, we weren't allowed to call it a prom. True. Uh, because I guess proms are where people had sex. So yep. we called it. Um, the Junior Senior Formal. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. <laughs> And this was right when, like, uh, I Kissed Dating Goodbye oh, God. was so big. And so there was this weird thing, like, where, like, my parents were, like, really worried that I was going to go with one girl. But somehow, like, a group, in quotations, a, a group situation was safer. Yeah. Because, like, you, it was harder to have sex in a group situation, apparently. Maybe back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is weird because technically, like, you know, technically an orgy would be a group situation. Right. So technically but, an orgy is preferable to being on a one-on-one date. Yeah, but my parents were the same way, man. Even I mean, they had these visions of grandeur of me courting someone <laughs> and, like, going on familial dates and just really weird, <laughs> creepy stuff. And I was not going to have any of that. That's just weird. <sighs> despite that, you know, despite our parents doing that, you managed to marry a cheerleader, and I, I managed to marry the homecoming queen of my college. I know. How does that work I out? I have no idea how we did that. Homeschoolers got it going on. <laughs> but, but anyway, does, you know, with all that I kiss goodbye stuff, 
the big thing with with the uh, the junior senior formal is we were going to get groups to go together. Like, let's just get a group to go together. It'd be fun. Um, but then, like, people would fall out of the group, like as the junior senior formal approached. And by the night of the formal, between the two of us, we took five girls. True story. True story. Because they're just story. first of all, there weren't enough guys to go around. True. And you wound up taking a group where it was just you and three girls. <laughs> yep. And I went with two girls. Yep. Which sounds really impressive, but it was actually just sort of pathetic. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I you can just leave you can leave the story at <laughs> I took three girls to prom, or you can give a little more color around it. And you know, should I? I mean, I I don't want to. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. For maybe for the first time on record here, I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans about about my. Uh, you can hold, you can keep yours close to the chest, but for me, you know, the way that all the parents were like, "Oh yeah, Mike can take our daughter," was <laughs> Mr. Cummings is going to get a limousine or a town car or something, mm-hmm. and Mike's going to drive all the girls. <laughs> and you know, I can't help but think that because I was a Mexican, they thought they thought that this was like a good role for me to play. You know, first he can come cut our lawn and then he can drive our daughters <laughs> in a Lincoln town car to the prom. <laughs> I, there's no other explanation. So I was the driver, but I really do think, I really do think, and I, and I may be dreaming. I know Amber was the case cause I ended up marrying her, but I, I at least think that at least uh, the majority. So two out of three of those girls, at least, thought I was a cute kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, the frosted gonna, tips, man. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to go all the way and say they liked me, but, but you know, we'll just leave it at that. And I'll, and I'll just continue <laughs> to think that so I don't, you know, go jump out the third story window. Hey, but you married 33% of your prom dates. I did. I did marry 33% of my prom dates. I don't know if that percentage will ever go higher, <laughs> but for the time being, that, that, is, that is the case. The funny thing is, as much as my parents did not want me to go, my mother bought me roses to give to them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was, you know, probably because my parents realized this jackass is driving. What, you know, <laughs> he's driving three girls. How much better could it be for us? So, anyway. I also remember that that, that yeah. I cut that night short, too, because everybody, I think at Susan's house, they had like a after-formal actual dance at yes. her house. <laughs> To which, which I did not stick around for. You did well. Then you missed the, um, then you missed like the, uh, like the closing scene of Homeschool Sex Machine where um, everybody was dancing, and uh, there was one girl. My date, one fifty percent of my dates were waiting for me to dance with them, mm-hmm. and I completely chickened out and didn't do it. Well. I, I know how that story ended for me. <laughs> my 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 eventual wife danced with Andy Hill. <laughs> That's the only thing that I heard back from that night. Okay, now I don't I okay I've got a problem with that because Andy was a, was and is a stringent Baptist. Well, hey that. You know what? You're gonna to have to ask the girls because that's what I heard. 
Okay, we'll have to confirm that on. Uh, we'll have to confirm that on Facebook after we you post should, this man. podcast. I know Andy's but... probably sweating now if he's going to listen to this, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm going to go. Com- in... I'm coming for you, Hill. <laughs> I'm going to go in and drop all of his attributes on PlayStation just because of this story. He should be like a, a one. I don't even think they go that low. I think t- what is it? Twenty five is the lowest. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, you should you should bench him for that. It just it just shows like a picture of my face when you get down to. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's funny. Yeah. So we took five girls to prom and uh yeah. And here's the funny thing. I, I I went with I took two girls, they were sisters. Um I was still like wrestling with a lot of this like courtship, I kissed dating goodbye stuff in my head. So like in my mind, like everything like you can probably relate to this, like in your mind like when you're homeschooler like that, everything is like back in the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, oh, I, I I cannot I cannot do this until the father gives me his blessing. So like <laughs> I literally called their father to ask if I could take them both to prom as as friends. <laughs> and then like probably said more to him on the phone than I did to either of them the entire night. <laughs> oh my god. That is too funny. You know what though? Good for you. That's really respectable. I'm not gonna knock you for that. That's that's really I mean that is something else. That is something else. No, yeah, you can knock me for that. Listen, I'm married. I've known a woman in the biblical sense. Like I have no shame anymore. Like I have, I have no one left to impress. That's true. I feel the same way. <laughs> that is funny though. Wow, that is really funny. All right, Mike Chavez. Thank you for coming on Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for taking a trip with us back down memory lane to. The days of frosted tips and uh, proms that we weren't allowed to. Be. Hey, okay, we we can't do this yet. We can't do that. We got to go back to the prom. We do. We, <laughs> because there's certain things about the book that people still don't believe. Confirm for me about the proms entertainment. Like how surreal was that dude? Jonah. <laughs> yes. That guy. <laughs> Jonah. That guy was batshit crazy. <laughs> He said, I'll never forget him. He was probably, I, Mom, I'm probably going to be off on this. He was he was as wide as he was tall. He was round. He had a beard. And not, in fact, it was like a, it was gray, it was a gray beard. And he dressed up like a a biblical character, like Jonah. And he would, t- he would tell stories through acting. And it was, it, it was, was mon- It's like a 20 minute monologue. It was. <laughs> And some and for some reason people thought it was a good good idea to pay him for this. <laughs> You're gonna kill me. It was terrible. It I mean, was terrible. If you have no idea what we're talking about, um, you know, this Christian school prom, they decided that their entertainment for the prom so we weren't allowed to dance, we weren't allowed to have any music, we weren't we're I don't know, were we even allowed to touch any of the girls that we brought? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like I think there was like a chaperone there for every single kid too. Like there were just, it was it was a very guarded environment. Oh, absolutely. And uh, they decided that the uh, the entertainment would be they would hire a one man show to come <laughs> <laughs> to come <laughs> to come in and give a twenty minute monologue about the prophet Jonah. Yep. Getting swallowed and, by the whale and spit and, out in, yeah. into Nineveh. And you can you can imagine what that could be like. Anyone can imagine what that would be like. Just imagine a giant turd sandwich. <laughs> and that is the pretty much the epitome of that night's entertainment. 
But you know what? I will say this in his defense, which really I shouldn't be doing. It gave us something great to, to remember. <laughs> something really great to remember. Hey, I can't tell you a single thing about uh, the commencement speech at the graduation, but I can tell you a whole lot about the Jonah guy. Exactly. Even to, like the color like garments he was wearing. He was wearing like dark brown. I remember. I can't remember if it was his headdress <laughs> or his dress. And he, he had a headband on, and like he would. Most of his monologue was Jonah talking to God and Jonah talking to the audience. But sometimes he would need to speak as the voice of God. So like he would take the headband off and like sort of shuffle to the other side of the room and do a God voice, and then put the headband headband back on go back to where jonah was in the belly of the whale and then do jonah's voice again yeah i don't understand why he took the headband off (laughs) i had a respect because he was playing the part of god i don't understand that hey that headband had some sweat in it too yeah he was definitely (laughs) toasty like i said he was as tall as he was wide so Uh, he was 10 feet tall if he were a foot (laughs) he was something else man uh, okay, let's see if we can do it this time. So what, should... well, are there any other <laughs> myths that people are wondering about? Because I mean, I, clearly, I can, I can, I can attest to everything you wrote about. Uh, people want to know, like, if Sporty was a real girl. Yeah. Um, they did did if... you reveal her name? In uh, no, I just had to be nice. I, did, I, I didn't, but I don't yeah. think she would care. Well, I, there, Sporty is true. Um, Sporty is very much a real person. How, as someone with a front row seat to this, how how would you describe my interactions with Sporty, like for the entire school year? Like how how would you describe those? So it can probably either be described in one of two ways. One is the Hindenburg <laughs> that went up in flames, or a train wreck. Because either way, if you if you witness those two things, you don't know what to say, and that's pretty much the way you were around her. <laughs> you, it was really funny. I've never I've never witnessed in my life somebody so sheepish um, around the opposite sex, specifically one girl. I don't think it was around the opposite sex. I just think it was around this one particular person. Well, you know, I I was in love with with several girls. You know, like there was a girl at church that I would be in love with on the weekends. Yeah. And then whenever I came back to CHS, I'd be in love with Sporty. Well, see, that's the, I think that was, I think that was the age. Totally normal for you. And I remember when I first went to CHS, like all the girls paid attention to me. Mm-hmm. And my parents very quickly reminded me, oh, that's just because you're new. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, mom and dad, for that. I appreciate that kicking the balls. Um, but I think that's what it was, you know, you were, you were just experiencing things that were new. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't cheating on them. You were just, you know, you had a lot of love to give. Hey, I couldn't <laughs> kiss dating goodbye. No, uh, I, I wasn't even to the point of kissing dating goodbye. That, that would, that would assume that dating was a possibility. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yep. So Sporty's real. Jonah did come to our graduation or our, uh, our formal and the frozen custard stand is real, or was real. It's it a- was real, yeah. Yep, yeah. that was real. And I, I guess they hired all their... I guess people thought they'd get a better grade in math if they <laughs> went to work at Coach Grimes' custard stand. I, okay, I, I, I can't even let you go before we talk about this, because I forgot about this. Do you remember when you took me to meet Coach Grimes? <laughs> 
Um, re- re- refresh my memory because I'm pretty sure, but I. I don't know. It was like at one point I think you took me to meet coach the basketball coach who, you know, oh, yeah. the part time basketball coach who would coach some of the games. Yeah, and um, like he was like just going through like all of these things like oh Matthew. We got to know how to dribble. You got to know how to shoot. Can you pass the ball? Can you shoot the ball? And I was just like nodding like, oh, yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah. I got- <laughs> I, actually, I do remember the first time he saw you because you, you can picture Mr. Grimes. First of all, you do a great job on the voice. But it's kind of like Mr. Magoo. <laughs> like he wore these glasses and he always squinted. So you couldn't tell if he was looking at you or sleeping. And I just remember, like, when, when he saw you the first time, like, you could see his eyeballs. <laughs> like, they, and I love Mr. Grimes. I hope if he hears this, he doesn't take this personally. I love him to death. But but he, it was funny. Like, oh, like, you got to raise his eyebrows. Like, oh, who's this tall drink of water? <laughs> this six foot seven guy that weighs 130 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember, like, I came to the first practice and, um, that might have been the first time I met him was like at the first practice and I just got off of work at Deerberg's and I don't know if you remember this but Deerberg's made like even the baggers wear like a like yes, a dress like shirt a, and a tie and an apron yep. mm-hmm. so like I come rolling in to this gym to meet the, <laughs> to meet my future high school teammates and I'm six foot seven and I'm coming in and I've got like a a, a, tie, <laughs> a tie and like a long sleeve dress shirt on and slacks and dress shoes and I think he just looked at me like, "Taking <laughs> a bag, my groceries." What is, what is happening right now? <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh! Didn't you end up, or was it your parents' car? Did you end up getting a car? I, like I a eventually did. Yes, Grace Skylark or something. No, it was a it was a, a blue uh, Oldsmobile. Okay, that's right. You were one of the few people that actually had a car. Yeah, I had bagged a lot of groceries for that. And then... Yeah, I bet. Which is hard because, uh, you know, most of my money went to uh, the custard stand to, you know, go go eat go eat frozen custard and attempt to flirt with the girls. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, all right, <clears throat> Mike Chavez, thank you for coming on Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for taking us back through homeschool sex machine, confirming all the details, and. Um, it was good to talk to you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, letting me reminisce. <laughs> <laughs> I actually brought, actually, uh, um, actually forced him to come on the show. I extorted him because I, I said, if you don't come on the show, I'm going to release uh, actual game footage of us playing ba- basketball onto YouTube. And uh, he that, said, no, yeah, anything well, but that. The follower count. We'd get a massive follower count. They'd think it was like some sort of practical joke or website or something. No, I'm happy to be here, man. And if you, you know, anytime, anytime you want to invite me back on and try to embarrass me, I'm more than happy to oblige you. You know, technically an orgy would be a group situation. Right. So technically an orgy is preferable to being on a one-on-one day. Yeah. Hey, but you married 33% of your prom dates. I did. I did marry 33% of my prom dates. Jonah? <laughs> yes. That guy? <laughs> Jonah. That guy was batshit crazy. <laughs>